0: Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
0: So I saw a story in my unending quest to find happy news to report. I saw a story about a miraculous tumor recovery. And I thought, this is something we need to talk about. This is something we need to know more about and shout about, Dr. Apendra Hegde is on with us. He is the co-director of the Melanoma and Cutaneous Oncology Program uh, and the Head and Neck and Oral Oncology Program at the University of Connecticut. He's the director of inpatient oncology at the John Dempsey Hospital in Farmington and essentially is a cancer specialist with particular expertise in skin cancers. There was an article in the Hartford Current not too long ago about how this particular doctor had prescribed a treatment that made a man's cancerous tumor disappear. And Dr. Hegde, I really wanted to hear more about this. Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today, hi.
2: Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, of course. Dr. Hegde, tell us a little bit about what this particular patient presented with to you.
2: Well, this is a uh, 78-year-old person who reported that he had a small Uh, lesion on his uh, left bosom of the hand that was present for a few months, and uh, in short time, he reported it got a little bigger. Now, he thought it was a vault. Uh, It was not bothering him, so he decided to not pay too much attention. But in short time, it grew in size, and it was quite uh, concerning uh, lesion for the family and the patient. It was not causing a lot of pain, surprisingly, uh, and neither it was bleeding. So he, his wife took him to the uh, dermatologist, uh, first to his primary care doctor, and then he was referred to his dermatologist. And his dermatologist is a very uh, good, uh, astute uh, dermatologist from Enfield. And uh, she said right away, this is concerning, did a biopsy, and that came up as a squamous cell cancer of the skin. At that point, uh, they said, this is quite big, we can't take care of it in our clinic, and the patient was sent to Yukon to see a surgeon who could do the surgery.
0: But what is a squamous cell cancer? Give us an education, Dr. Hegde, because we know that skin cancers are all over the place. Most Sorry. of the time, I think we, are, we call them basal cell. Sorry. Tell us about the different kinds, what we need to be alarmed about, and maybe not so
2: alarmed about. Thank you. Yeah, very good question. So first of all, the skin is the largest organ in our body, and it's also at risk of being exposed to a lot of carcinogens in the environment. And so the largest number of cancer of all the organ happens to involve the skin. Uh, The ultraviolet light of the electromagnetic radiation part of the sun is the significant, most well-studied carcinogen of the skin cancer. And so the most common skin cancer that we would know is almost everybody finds out from his skin doctor when they go for checkup, especially when they're more than 50 or 60 years of age, is the basal cell cancer. That's mm-hmm. the most common. Okay. And uh, this uh, is about 2.8 to 3 million cases uh, of basal cell cancer every year in our country. Uh, the next most common skin cancer is the squamous cell cancer, which also arises from the skin. And it arises from the upper layer of the skin called, called squamous cells of the skin. And it is the next most common and accounting for about 1.8 million cases per year. Oh. Uh, the third most common, but the one that we all know most likely is the melanoma because it's not the most common skin cancer, but it attracts most attention because it's life-threatening. Uh, and so there's a lot of uh, media coverage and education about melanoma. So, uh, other so other let other... me just
0: ask you this, Dr. Hegde. Are basal <laughs> cell cancers, when you get that diagnosis, should you typically be afraid that it's going to be life-threatening or most of the time they remove it and it's okay?
2: Excellent question. So the most likely answer for that is uh, nobody talks about basal cell cancer because 99% of the time they are cut out uh, and they, they don't come back. So it's about 1% or so of patients with basal cell cancer, when they grow and they don't, uh, they become a problem. Uh, same way, with the square muscle cancer, that majority of them, when the patients find out they have squamous square muscle cancer, uh, typically these cancers affect the area of the head and neck, meaning scalp, face, around the eyes, around the ears, around the nose, and upper part of the skin. So when the square muscle cancer is diagnosed, Usually, they get cut out by the dermatologist, and that's it. They don't have any problem, except in about 1% uh, to 2% of patients uh, where it becomes a problem.
0: And so this patient, an 80-year-old man, he had something on his hand. Initially, he thought it was a ward. He ignored it. It didn't hurt him. It didn't bother him. But it started growing so quickly that it alarmed him and his wife, and they ended up eventually, I guess, in front of you. So when you evaluated this tell me about what you were thinking.
2: Well this is a, uh, a patient who has a large mass on his left wrist on the upper part of course and it's all uh, infiltrating meaning it's kind of uh, broken into paste places uh, it looks very concerning and it's right above the tendons of the of the muscles that supply the or that move the hand and so if somebody has to do surgery, uh, he had to really be concerned because it's not easy to remove it through the tendons. These type of cancers are infiltrative and they're not easy to remove, especially when they're so big in size and infiltrating the, the tendons. He was already seen by surgery and they said, well, it's a very difficult operation. Uh, it might even require a amputation if we don't be successful. So that kind of Tumors in that location are very dangerous and not amenable for a surgical resection.
0: Okay, so in other words, if you had just gone in and tried to carve out this ugly big tumor on the hand, which by the way, the newspaper showed the picture of it, Dr. Hegde, not a pretty picture. It's very ugly thing growing out of his hand. If yes. you had try to carve it out, what you're saying is you're not sure you would have been able to save the body.
2: Well, the most important thing Part of treatment of any squamous cell cancer is complete resection without keeping it in the background. Now, to do that kind of surgery in this patient would be a very very difficult because it is intercalating with the tendons and muscles of the hand. Oh, and you can imagine to be able to get it out completely without oh, yeah. leaving it behind. Is very Terrible.
0: Challenge. Terrible. Yes. So it's almost like you'd have to have him lose a hand in order to lose the cancer. Is that what you're saying?
2: That that's what we would do in the olden days,
0: correct. Okay, so now we're not in the olden days anymore, and you're thinking out of the box. Even though you're a surgeon, you're thinking, maybe I don't have to cut this man. This is why I love this story, Dr. Hegde, and I give you all the credit in the world, because so many times it's hammer and nail. Whatever your specialty is, you only see what's in front of you, and it sounds like you're the kind of a doctor who was looking at options other than cutting for the patient's welfare. So tell us what you did.
2: Well, uh, I'm not a surgeon. The surgeon had already seen him, and they had referred the patient to us to find out any alternative options. Ah,
0: okay, so you're not the
2: surgeon. Surgeon, Okay, so the surgeon
0: said, I don't want to cut this man because I might have to take his hand off. What else can we do? Got
2: it. Okay. And so, you know, when when we see patients like this, we do use the options that are available to us. And one of the options that we have now is the immunotherapy. Our immune system is so powerful that if we can harness it using the right kind of medications, it can actually eliminate cancer. And that's what we try to do.
0: Okay. So tell us, what about this novel new therapy? This is a pretty extraordinary thing that you did. What drug did you use?
2: So this is a drug that FDA approved. In 2018, to treat a patient who are not eligible for surgery or who have metastasis from cutaneous squamous cell cancer. The drug is called semiplimib, or also its trade name is called Lipthio. And this drug is approved for patients whose cutaneous squamous cell cancer cannot be resected. Uh, or they have metastasized to the organs. And the way this drug works is it allows the immune cells called T cells, or T as in Tom, T cells, they are the powerful uh, parts of the immune system that are able to uh, confront the tumor and destroy them. Uh, And these T cells are typically limited by some breaks called molecular breaks, you know, like a car break, they go to the tumor cells and they encounter the tumor particles or antigens, we call them, and they are ready to fight it and eliminate it, but they express those molecules called checkpoints. These are the breaks on the immune cells that are actually limiting their ability to eliminate the cancer. So when the scientists found out that these are the breaks or checkpoints, we call them, these are the barriers for effective treatment of of the cancer by the immune therapy, they decided to eliminate the brakes, And they used monoclonal antibodies to eliminate the brakes. And this drug is exactly that. This is an antibody to a checkpoint called PD-1 or programmed death 1 receptor on the T-cells, which is a break. And it eliminates this break and allows the T-cells to go after the cancer cells and destroy it.
1: Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com.
0: Okay. And so, and you know, we know about those T-cells ever since AIDS, right? Because what AIDS is, is about where the body's T-cells are completely diminished and we can't fight off anything. So our T-cells are our army, right? We need our T-cells to keep us healthy. (laughs) And there's something going on and whatever the scientists were at Libtayo figured out a way to take the brakes off. So what you're saying is, that this medicine enables the body to do what the body does the best, which is fight disease yes. and help itself.
2: Absolutely correct. What, what it does, it we, this medicine doesn't attack the cancer at all. All it does, it eliminates the breaks on the pre-existing patient's own T cells and unshackles them, allows them to do their job, and we see amazing results wow. in patients.
0: Incredible, incredible. We're we're chatting with Dr. Hegday of UConn Health, and we're hearing about this. Now, had you used Liptayo before on other patients, or was this the first chance that you had to use this drug?
2: No, absolutely not. We have more than 20 patients we have uh, seen, and actually I have 20th patient receiving the treatment today. So we have treated about 20 patients. Now, these are... uh, you know, specific older gentlemen whose immune systems have worn off or very weak. For some reason, these tumors have become very aggressive and very life threatening. And so, we have patients uh, treated with these drugs. And to be very specific, out of 19 patients who have received the t- treatment, 14 have responded very favorably. Three patients did not respond to the treatment. And in two patients, we still have to wait to see whether they responded or not. So That's it's incredible. Very, very effective. And drug. so it's
0: called libtayo, L-I-B-T-A-Y-O. So if you're listening and you've ever had a diagnosis of squamous cancer, or you may in the future keep it in the back of your mind, that if the doctor says, cut, 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 you may want to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because taking this, is it a chemotherapy? What is it? And what are the side effects of is And is it IV? Is it a pill? What is it?
2: Excellent. So when they did the clinical study, they uh, used this drug. It is not chemotherapy in that sense, like our traditional chemotherapy that caused loss of hair and nausea, vomiting, and low blood counts. It's not that kind of chemotherapy drug. It is a protein that was developed in the form of a antibody. So it's a antibody to the brakes. So it's an IgG4 type of monoclonal antibody that is uniquely able to eliminate that a break called program death one receptor or PD one receptor on the T cells. Uh, so this is not a chemotherapy, but what it does is when it unshackles the T cells, it is not specifically taking out the brakes on the T cells fighting the squamous cell cancer. It removes the brakes on all the clones of T cells. Some of them may be sensitized against our own body. I and see. now you are Uh, giving them more energy to sometimes even fight against our own organs. So some of the side effects of this drug, uh, which is typically given every three weeks intravenously, over 30 minutes, some of the side effects of these drugs are the immune cells are so empowered that they may also attack our own organs oh, and that's like a something Hashimoto's
0: to... thing like other kinds of diseases where our Excellent. immune system yes. is over exactly right. exactly
2: right. right that's the autoimmune okay. diseases got that we can get yes
0: so if you already have lupus or something like that or Crohn's you got to be very careful this may not be the right course of action for
2: you absolutely correct and those are the patients that have been pre- previously when they did the clinical large clinical trials they excluded such patients with underlying autoimmune disease like lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. But now that we have found this amazing tool to treat patients, we are beginning to do trials to consider using them in patients with those diseases with some uh, help with uh, other medications.
0: Right. Oh, this is amazing. You know, we first heard about these monoclonal antibodies during the COVID epidemic because yeah. I think it was Regeneron in in Westchester County that came out with the first monoclonal antibody response to COVID, and I so, believe former President Trump took that when he got very ill and it helped him get over the disease.
2: Right. So the monoclonal antibodies are very powerful drugs that are uh, used for cancer treatment. Uh, and they can be targeted for different, uh, on different cells. They were first uh, generated by a group of scientists in 1975. So we are able to create an antibody to a specific epitope of a protein. And that discovery led to a Nobel Prize in 1975. And since then, we are able to use Uh, certain cells and uh, be able to create antibodies, and that has become a very important therapeutic uh, tool in our toolbox.
0: Dr. Hegde, this is so fascinating to chat with you. I have a question for you. I have a cousin who's very, very sick Mm -hmm. with um, multiple myeloma, and she's in her seventh or eighth year with the disease, and she just failed a big uh, Mm CAR-T trial, which was Supposedly, like her last hope, but hopefully nothing is her last hope because she's still alive. Mm-hmm. Correct, but um, but she didn't she didn't make it. It didn't attack the cancer. How are we doing with these monoclonal antibodies when it comes to blood cancers like you know multiple myeloma, lymphoma, and things like that? Are they able to help the blood cancers?
2: Absolutely correct. Absolutely true. So the one of the most important monoclonal antibody that was used. In 2000s, early 2000s, for patients diagnosed with B-cell lymphomas, it was it was targeted against a epitope or a protein on B cells called CD20. It, you probably heard about something called as rituximab, and that has become such an important tool to treat patients diagnosed with lymphomas and certain kinds of leukemias. Now, the patient who has multiple myeloma also has. Uh, On the plasma cells, you know, the multiple myeloma, the cancer arises from a cell called plasma cell. And the plasma cell expresses certain proteins that become target to use certain monoclonal antibodies. So we do have monoclonal antibodies uh, approved for use in patients diagnosed with multiple myeloma. One of them is called daratumumab, and it is targeting a protein called CD38. And same thing, now this uh, this whole science has become so sophisticated and elegant that people are able to create monoclonal antibodies that have one piece of it binding to the T cells and one part of it binding to the cancer cells, trying to bring the cancer cells closer to the immune cells, too, so that they can find oh, and destroy those and cells. destroy this, them. This, yeah, mm-hmm. this type of treatment is called bispecific engager treatment or bispecific monoclonal antibody. It's amazing science, and it's only getting better.
0: Okay, well, that's a very hopeful, hopeful end to our conversation, and congratulations to you and the patient whose hand tumor disappeared. I saw the before and after. It was extraordinary. Dr. Hegde, you must have been so pleased.
2: We are pleased because we are able to help our patients.
0: Yeah, yes. that's what it's about. That's what you're doing. That's what it's about. And um, may I ask, I see that your original medical uh, training was in Goa. That's in India, correct?
2: Yes, that is correct, yes.
0: Can I ask you a question? You may think this is a little off-topic-ish, but I want to ask you your opinion, and yes. don't laugh at me, okay?
2: Oh, sure.
0: Please. Um, so a lot of the autoimmune uh, conversations that we've been having remind me to some extent of the theories behind homeopathy. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I um, many years ago, was treated by an Indian doctor, Dr. Cherian, who was also an MD. I believe he was trained in Goa, but maybe not in Goa. And he helped me considerably with my polycystic ovarian disease. Uh-huh. So I was able to conceive a baby when Western technology had given up on me. And I had hyperstimulation of the ovaries after trying all the hard stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, I couldn't do that again. So, yes. um, I went to him, I conceived my beautiful girl who was due with her first baby herself in three weeks, four weeks. Yes. So very excited. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've been thinking theoretically about the way he treated me with a lot of diet and supplements, for sure. But this theory about homeopathy and allergies and the immune system, is that too much of a stretch towards what you're seeing today in Western meds?
2: Well, that's a good question. I'm not an expert in homeopathy uh, or other forms of holistic medicine, but I cannot disregard some of the scientific basis they have in their form of medicine. As you know, homeopathy is a centuries-old science that has uh, some specific and important medications for certain diseases, uh, and they have uh, a different approach. I do not know whether that has a, uh, has uh, anything to do with immune system, but I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Okay, I thank you for that. Uh, Dr. Apendra Hegde, thank you so much for your commitment to making people well from Yukon. Such a privilege to get to know you. And thank you for telling us this very important and hopeful
1: story.
2: Thank you very much for all you do for people. And I hope uh, you know, people get to know more about their problems through this kind of media.
0: Absolutely. They will and they should. And if they see any growths that seem unfamiliar, don't assume it's a wart get to a dermatologist and make sure they tell you it's a ward. Right, doctor? Very correct.
2: Very right. correct. Absolutely. Right.
0: We'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler Show. Stay tuned.
1: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
0: Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.